Attention to roll call. Welcome to the 265 Police Live Series. Brought to you by the New York's finest retired and unfiltered podcast. The mission of this podcast is to provide expert analysis of past and present law enforcement related events with a trained eye. Listen to the boots on the ground weigh in on the court of public opinion. All right, everybody, welcome to 265 Police Live, brought to you by New York's finest retired and unfiltered podcast. I'm Eric Dim, most complained cop, former NYPD. Along with me is John McCarry, former NYPD lieutenant, the co-host and founder of New York's finest retired and unfiltered podcast. What's up, my brother? How you doing? Good. How's everything, bro? How you doing? Outstanding. Well, we have to take this opportunity. Obviously, they're talking about what's going on in the country, politically charged event, something we've never seen, a first, a first in history of its kind, and I hope it's the last. But obviously, with the way the world is turning, especially in America, we just don't know at this point. So here, Trump was indicted. The actual charges of indictment have not been released yet. Uh, we can speculate of what we believe those charges are. So at this point, we believe the charges that are speculated to be is falsifying business records, which is a misdemeanor. And then the felony charge for indictment, which we speculate, is falsifying business records to conceal a crime or the intent to commit a crime. So other than that, uh, the rumor has it there's about 30 counts for this indictment. So that doesn't mean it actually has to be 30 separate charges, but 30 counts of an indictment. Uh, John, what are your thoughts? I, I'm sure you got plenty of them. I mean, this is just complete insanity what's going on in the country, but I think it's a great opportunity we talk about. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about the Manhattan DA. I mean, the Manhattan DA's office, let's just <laughs> call it what it is. And and again, I'll say all five borough DAs, but specifically this idiot, Alvin Bragg, he is releasing back onto New York City streets without even charging violent repeat offenders every day. He did it his whole year of 2022. Um, uh, dropped cases or uh, declined prosecution cases are up uh, for historically high numbers. I believe like 69%, something like that, I believe I read. And, um, and in 2023, it's the same exact thing. We're, we're not even charging violent repeat offenders um i think his line when he came into office was we're doing our, our these kids a disservice they were arrested seven times that's seven times that we had to get them help so basically speaking from a decarceral position a decarceral progressive position of a district attorney acting as a social worker Instead of seeking to prosecute these kids he, and these violent repeat offenders, I'm not even going to call them kids, violent repeat offenders, shooting people, sexually assaulting people, robbing people, violently assaulting people, um, we're letting them out uncharged, completely, completely uncharged. He's coming from a position of a social worker, not a prosecutor. And now we have the 45th president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, and he is looking he indicted him and he wasted office resources 
to look into a 2016 charge that his office has never charged one time in the history of the Manhattan DA's office. I mean, this it's it's egregious. It's political prosecution at its finest. Everyone on both sides of the aisle should be calling Falvin Bragg's resignation as we speak. First of all, this is a complete abomination. This is a miscarriage of justice. Now, I know what the actual misstatement is for the district attorney's office because I've researched in the past. Obviously, since I was talking about overzealous civilian complaint review board, and it was important being a special operations lieutenant, anti crime sergeant. We, everything was self initiated, getting these illegal firearms off the street. So we did follow and made sure that we had the ability to testify and articulate in court the parameters that led us to these arrests. So it was important. We worked alongside the district attorney's office. So ultimately, I always want to know what the actual mission statement is. And it totally does not coincide with the events that we see right here right now. I mean, John, just in your own terms, what do you believe the mission of the New York City district attorney's office is or should be? So they're prosecutors for the city, right? For their borough specifically. We have five different ones. They're in selected position. Um, they are the chief prosecutor for that borough, right? However, they do work hand in hand with the police department, but that does not mean they work for the police department. That means that when the police, there is an arrest or there is a slight of justice, they are the oversight to make sure there is justice. If the police acted improperly, they're the check and balance for the police. If the case is a solid case, they're the check and balance to make sure that it's a solid case and to make sure that this person deserves prosecution. They, they, they make sure the police did their job and they make sure that justice is, is being pursued. Now, not, they're not the end-all, be-all. They're not the judge, jury, and executioner. They're strengthening the case for the police department, or they're going to say this isn't a case at all. So, I mean, and, and this should be, you know, as along with the symbol of justice in our city and, and, and our nation is a blindfolded lady. She's blindfolded because justice should not see whether you're on the right side of politics or on the left side of politics. If I'm on the left and Eric's on the right, we both commit the same crime. We both get the same punishment. That's what the blindfold's for. She has a sword in one hand where she, she will swiftly seek justice. And, and justice, again, it's blind for both of us, left or right. We commit the same crime. Justice will be swift. And she has evenly weighted scales in the other hand. And I've said it before, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go one more time. Right now, we're seeing the blindfold is completely off. She's staring down at, at Donald J. Trump. The sword's thrown out. The scales are tipped all the way against him. And, you know, and, and he's going against his own mission statement of seeking help for people. Why are we seeking help for violent repeat offenders? But let's let's call it what it is. You're you're looking to throw an old man in jail for a, 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 a mis a misappropriation on a ledger, uh, supposedly because he wrote legal expense as the payoff of Stormy Daniel. Uh, supposedly, you know, um, and, and just by the way, if I have sex with a woman and have her sign a non-disclosure, I mean, I mean, I know plenty of athletes, uh, you know, I'm not going to say any names per se, but I know plenty of athletes that that's what they do every time that they have sex with a girl that they meet in the club, which is often, and multiple people get 
not only not only do they sign non-disclosures change for not saying anything and signing the non-disclosure they'll get autographed baseball cards photos all this other stuff um so and, and i'm sure a lot of these could pick up who i'm talking about just by what i just slipped away there um but <laughs> you know, i mean so I, I don't even believe that it's a crime to ask if you're a public figure to ask someone to sign a non-disclosure i don't believe that's a crime at all Right now, at this point, every person, every resident of New York City, right? The focus is on New York City right now, but ultimately, this affects the entire country. But everyone in New York City right now, if you did not vote for Alvin Bragg, or even if you did, you should be completely insulted and offended by these acts. Because the concentration of these acts in pursuing this case with Donald Trump is a misuse of power. It's weaponizing this office for a politically charged event. And ultimately, that's why I asked you about the mission. This some verbiage, of course, you know, Juris Doctor's verbiage about the mission statement of the district attorney's office. But in layman's term, it's this, and it's exactly what it should be. It should be protecting the rights of the people, the residents of that area, to ensure their public safety. So, I would support any move, any any step taken by one of our five district attorneys' offices, if the ultimate mission was to ensure public safety, so we have to ask ourselves, and it's a, I'm sure it's a very simple answer: the pursuance and indictment of Donald Trump is this actually having effect on our public safety? Now, I would say, common sense is not so common. But common sense would say it absolutely bears no effect on public safety in New York City. Now, Alvin Bragg and his constituents and some people on the far left that have been a, a part of this abolish the police movement and have taken every step they can to take down the good name of Donald Trump, whether you like him or not, this has to be a miscarriage of justice this pursuit, this country, the bedrock of this country was built on the pursuit of happiness. It was about equal rights for, for all. This is not equal. This is a politically charged. This is a persecution based on politics and the dynamo effect of all the people around who've been affected by it, such as people, Sal Greco, NYPD, Dana Martillo, NYPD, been affected by the support of Donald Trump. This has no bearing on public safety, but I do believe some of the left would say that this does help public safety. This is a stain for Donald Trump to try to curb or inhibit him from seeking out the next election, from actually being reelected, which personally, I do believe that this persecution only helps Donald Trump pursue his campaign as the next president. Again, I, I, I think this is a complete miscarriage and misuse of the office. It's an abuse of power. I was a special operations lieutenant in PSA 7. And towards the end of my career, and I could see the transitioning, how we went to this bail reform policy, and how I pursued personally, along with my teams, repeat target offenders. We had this one young man who was part of a known gang called the Jack Boys of the South Bronx. And they, they harbor the area of, of St. Mary's Adams houses in the South Bronx. And it's, this is a blood gang set. And this one particular young kid, due to raise the age, 
we arrested him six times in a calendar year, six times. In each case, he fired a shot at someone. And in some of those cases, he actually hit his target. And he was in and out and in and out. And we could not get this case because of raising raise the age into criminal court. It actually stayed in family court as a juvenile. And until the sixth case, did he finally get remanded and pursue a trial? I, I haven't uh, gotten the results of that trial. But in the last case, he shot someone and his adversary met, met his demise. And that's the only reason. That's where our, our money should be going on pursuing these gang members to help these communities. We have a crime issue right now that's out of control. We have a mass excess in the police department as a tributing factor. We have legislative bodies that are trying to tear down the police department. The New York City Police Department, the management within, is completely weak and cowardice, destroying the police department. And this is our focus now on Donald Trump, who's in Florida right now. And we have to make arrangements for him to be indicted. And at this point, we do not have security in place. And what I've heard, the irony, what I've heard, particularly from Don Lemon on CNN, how we need to get this over and done so that we don't give people the time to gather on the weekend. John, your thoughts on that? What does that correlate to you? I mean, I'm going to agree with you. The arrest of Donald Trump, the arrest and indictment of this Trump, of Donald Trump, does not, does not, provide public safety for the people of new york city it's not about public safety but however as much as if you stick donald trump in jail for this crime or you prosecute him and you find him guilty public safety changes none the average new yorker going to work every day isn't any more or less safe because of it (laughs) however the the pursuit of donald trump and taking your staff and looking for your first two years in office to prosecute him, that's a travesty on public safety because that hinders public safety for New York City. Because as you're looking to put him in jail for a clerical a clerical crime or, or not, whatever it is, for where he placed what's a legal expense or not, as you're looking to put him in jail for that, you have all your staff focused on that. You're letting violent street crime happen and you're not doing anything on it because you misappropriated your resources. You misappropriated your office for political gain to look at a 2016 crime. Again, I'm going to say 2016 crime, but 2022 crimes and 2023 crimes we threw out. We threw out. So, again, it, it, it it's a huge hindrance on public safety. His office is failing New York City when it comes to public safety. They're not providing public safety. They are not seeking justice for 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 uh, for the citizens of New York City. And 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 the people that we're not talking about here are the people that are overwhelmingly affected by what he's doing. Is the victims of these violent perpetrators and their families? Justice is not being brought to them. It's a travesty. Like I said, everyone in their mother. I don't care. You like Donald Trump. You don't like Donald Trump. You hate Donald Trump. This is a travesty. This is not okay. Everyone needs to be calling for Alvin Bragg's resignation right now. Well, here's the thing. You and I were talking offline. And this, I think we, we, we definitely we need to signify and point out is who's actually pulling the strings on this? Who, who's involved in orchestrating this event? This clearly was thought out. This was orchestrated. This was planned. There's some strategic plan behind this. Obviously, 
Alvin Bragg did not drum this up by himself. Who else, other than George Soros, but who else other than George Soros is actually behind this? Who's involved in this? Who's pulling the strings? What do you think? I mean, I think I think overwhelmingly it's 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 the upper echelon of the Democratic Party. You see Nancy Pelosi going to bat for the decision. You see all of these big Democratic names going to bat and applauding the decision. I mean, it's it's it's, it's truly wrong. I mean, and and, you know, we, we spoke about this offline. You know, if you think that that's OK for someone to look to search back and to just keep investigating you until they could find the crime to charge you with, we're all guilty. We're all going to end up in jail depending on who, who's in charge. We're, we're, we're seeking political persecution at this point. The only time this has been done where we've seen it, I mean, it's, it's, it's in fascist and communist dictatorships. This is where we've seen this style of prosecution. It's not okay um, because all of us, if you look at, at, at your whole history, no, none of us are perfect. You may have, I don't know, you may have wrote off uniform expenses, but maybe you got a uniform, you got uniform pay. You may have wrote something in the legal column that didn't really belong in the legal column, but you thought it did. So if we go back and we look at everybody with a fine tooth comb, um, we will find crimes for everyone and we could charge everyone. But why would we be looking that deep back? Why would we be looking you know, almost seven years, seven years later, why would we be looking for a crime that happened in 2016 to try to find something and have a team of lawyers working to say, oh, maybe we could bring them up on this for what? I mean, it's it's it, it's it's it, it is scary. And I understand why people are very up in arms about it, but I don't think it's something that we should be scared of. I agree. With you. I think I think it's scary. And, you know, I love to follow martial arts and it's important that we actually have fear right now. We actually exhibit fear and understand it. Customato, who was Mike Tyson's trainer, he was always into philosophy about building the mind. And what he used to tell Mike Tyson is that fear is your friend. You need to act on fear. You need to use fear as your friend to be sharp, to sharpen your skills. That's what we need to do right now. The country should be afraid and say to themselves that we're not even following the Constitution right now. Our forefathers will be rolling over in their graves right now. The bedrock of what this country was built on is completely violated. We're seeing our amendments get stripped away. Our First Amendment is getting stripped away easily. You can be removed from YouTube, other sites, Facebook jail, Instagram jail, depending on what you say. Our First Amendment rights have completely been stripped away. Our Second Amendment rights, these are being stripped away and stripped away as we speak. We're not hearing much. It has not been vocalized. It's been... Very little reporting on the, uh, the events that happened at the state capitol yesterday in Tennessee in the aftermath of, the, of this mass shooting at the school in Nashville, which the police did a fantastic response. And my heart goes out to the families in regards to the active shooting situation at that school. It's a terrible event. But what we're seeing unfold here in the country, it's so important that we, we actually understand this fear and channel it. We should not be scared to take a stand, but we should be scared of what's going on if we don't take a stand. We have to look at the totality of everything. You and I did a segment, John. We did a segment two days ago about body-worn cameras. And I think there's a correlation. We can actually see the, the image of the body-worn camera itself. 
I, I always, John, you and I spoke about this. When we evaluate an event and when we watch a body-worn cameras, we have to evaluate as one entire circumstance. We can't look at it frame by frame. And that's where we have to look at this event as one entire event. Because if you actually dissect a body-worn camera or what's going on right now, if you dissect, what John, what you do on a daily basis or what I do on a daily basis, so, somewhere or another, we all cut corners. It's part of life or we make mistakes and we just don't even know it because we're ignorant to it. And just as we watch body-worn camera, if we actually dissect it every moment, we will find intricate, intricate things wrong. It's just human nature. But we have to look at the totality of circumstances and say, hey, this is a correct incident. But what's going on with Trump? This is a travesty. This is a miscarriage of justice. If we look piece by piece, I believe Bert, Bernie Kerrick said it. I remember watching an interview where he said that the average person commits felonies every day and they're just not even aware of it. So if, if any time you become a target of the government or the leftist party, in any facet, there will be something that can be found to seek your indictment. That's why everyone right now, whether you're a support or not a Trump supporter, I, I hate that terminology anyway, because I believe when people say Trump supporter, they try to box you in into this definition of being a misogynist, you know, being uh, homophobic or these, uh, these other type things. That's not the case. Because you saw support Trump, that doesn't make you an ignorant person. You are. If you are not a Trump supporter, well, then you need to follow this also because our rights are being stripped away as Americans. This is being torn apart. And that's why I say it's important that we, we understand they want transparency for cops. No one could do everything correctly. It's just impossible. And we have to look at the totality of the circumstances and stop wanting a lens to see everything that everyone does and to seek out an indictment. John, I, I, again, every one of us, I mean, commits infractions. There's rules in the books that no one actually looks upon. I mean, I think even adultery is still in the books, but we don't actually pursue these things, you know. But but this this is just insane what they're doing right now. Miscarriage justice. The amount of time that they spent on this case, what's being orchestrated, the police resources that will need to be in place, the potential for violence. We have to watch and watch closely to see Antifa's response. There's every indication that they may pose as as Donald Trump supporters and commit acts just to give a pair perception with Donald Trump. This is out of control right now, and it's it's really scary to see. I do believe we're headed for a revolution. It's unfortunate. I, listen, I I get I get being I get being scared. I, I get people that are like, oh, my God, I personally think this is Alvin Bragg's undoing. This is his undoing. He just exposed exactly who he is, right? I, I, I mean, he just exposed um, – unless America falls tomorrow, I can't see that this, this prosecution holds. And even if it does, even if he's convicted, what are you, you going to give him? A fine? What are you going to do? A fine? I, I, <laughs> okay. I, I'm pretty sure Donald Trump could pay it. I'm pretty sure he could pay it. Like, really, what's going to happen to him? You know, what, you, you, are you going to hold him? Are you going to not give him bail? You cannot give him bail. You cannot give him bail. 
You know, so it's like it's not one of those crimes. It's not one of those crimes where bail, where, where where we could even request bail. So you know, I mean, this is a political stunt, and it it's going to have the exact opposite desired effect that the people who orchestrated this believe it's going to have. And I'll just speak for myself right now. I was, I'll tell you right now, I'm going to be very blunt about this. The last two years of Donald and Trump's administration, and I was a big Donald Trump supporter, and I voted for him again over Joe Biden. But the last two years of him, particularly from 20, but not the last two years, I'm sorry, 2020, when 2020 sparked his response to COVID, I thought he was a complete moron. I thought he was completely in over his head. I thought he failed to secure all elections and he handed, he shut down the world's greatest economy and he handed this country over to a little lying elf from Staten Island who even his own cousins and his own family from Staten Island said he's a little shady elf. Don't trust him, you know? And I was nothing more than disappointed in Donald Trump. So obviously during, I had lost my career in 2022 um, over, over unconstitutional anti-civil rights mandates by New York City mayor. Nobody had my back. I, I came to a place of refuge, Florida. I'm a huge supporter of Governor Ron DeSantis. And I'll tell you, for a while, I was sitting here saying, you know what? I think that I'm going to vote Governor Ron DeSantis if he decides to run against Trump over Trump in the primary. And I don't think that he could beat Trump in a primary, but I thought that, you know, I I, I do think that he would be a better candidate. I completely changed my mind yesterday and I will be going, I will be on the Trump train for 2024. You know, what's interesting. It's funny that you go back on that. And I'm curious on your thoughts because you were forced out. Well, actually not that you were forced out, but you actually, you stood up for moral principle and you were forced to take the vaccine and you declined, which, again, I, I always have to re- uh, bring up because it's super impressive that you stood for moral principle. But back then, from what I read, I heard what really took Donald, uh, Donald Trump down and, and hurt his campaign for reelection. And, and what was on Biden's side was that when Biden was the vice president to Obama, that they had implemented a pandemic team. And then from what I read that when Trump got in office, they dismantled that pa- pandemic team. So with that being said, do you think that had any effects on actually helping Biden or it just didn't make a difference? You think that Biden would have gotten it anyway because the Democratic leftist party and we'd be in the position we are in now? I think Donald Trump for four years told us that the elections weren't going to be fair. And he opened the doorway for them not to be fair by way of mail-in ballots. I don't believe that mail-in ballots should happen in, in America. I do believe in a way of not having to go to the polling site. Um, and like I said, it could be done through our DMVs, could be done through you have you have a unique voter ID. One person should only have one voter ID, regardless of where you move. If you die, that voter ID should stay with you your whole life based off your security, based off your Social Security number. And that's how it should happen. You should, there, there shouldn't be multiple ID, voter IDs rolling around. We shouldn't be sending out unsolicited mail-in ballots to people we're not even sure that they still live there. I mean, for me, I li- lived in multiple uh, places in my life, and I get mailed to all of them. 
I get mail all of them still. So obviously I, I got mail in ballots to all of them as well. I mean, I, I you know, and he opened the, he opened the pathway for that with his COVID response. He was his own undoing. I do feel bad for him. I do feel bad for him because he had literally no one that he could trust around him. No one in government helped him. I mean, they, you know, I, I do believe they led him in a lot of wrong directions. But all in all, I think he loves this country. He was the only president ever in all of history to to lose a substantial amount of wealth by being the president. Every other president, wealth has dramatically increased besides Donald Trump. And the man was under attack for four years. His wife, probably one of the best, I, I'm, I, you know, besides Jackie O, I'm going to say, her and Jackie O are the, are the two hottest first ladies we've ever had. And she got no love. She wasn't on magazine covers. She wasn't on anything. And this is from a country when we're saying, oh, we don't, we love immigrants. We love immigrants. She's an immigrant. She's gorgeous. She, no dresses made for her. No magazine covers. I mean, it was a travesty what they did to her and what they did to his, his family. Um, I, I get that he's heavy as the head and I get he's going to get the attacks. But it didn't have to involve his family as well. And even even now, when I hear them attacking family other than Hunter Biden, because he's an absolute mess. When I hear people going after Obama's wife and everybody else, I'm I'm not I I don't get involved. I don't I don't think it's right. You know, attack the man. You don't have to talk about his family. You know. Well, that's why I was so being that we're at a position. Obviously, now that we've seen forced vaccine mandates. And the subliminal message has been there, particularly from Mayor Adams, that we may see some, something like this again or something that factor when it comes to a pandemic. So what do you think about that? As far as the, supposedly Obama's administration had a pandemic team and then Donald Trump actually dismantled it. Do you think that's something that we need? Do you think that's just a hoax? Do you think that's it's a lot of hogwash? Do you think there's something in place when Obama's administration have been able to do anything different than Trump at the with regards to the close, uh, the shutdown, what do you think we'd be in the same position or even worse? Listen, I, I listen. I think that we definitely need a pandemic team. I think we need a pandemic response. Obviously, what we saw was if if this was a true pandemic, we would all be dead. Every single one of us, we would all be dead. It would have ripped through everybody. I mean, we didn't contain everything they told us did not contain it. So obviously, we need some minds thinking about this. However. However, this country was founded on the individual. It was founded on limited government. You know, Barack Obama said when he got into office after he swore his oath on the Constitution, he said the, the Constitution is an outdated document. The Constitution only tells government what it cannot do. It does not tell government what it must do. And that right there to me was a violation of the oath he swore, because that is the point of that document. Now, yes, I want you to have makeshift hospitals. I don't want my outpatient doctor facilities closed. I don't want to cause a massive rush on hospitals. But if for some reason we do, we should have these makeshift hospitals up. We have these OEM teams all over the country that get funded billions of billions of dollars. And yet we had a governor, Andrew Cuomo, complete moron. He didn't even know how many hospital beds we had in New York City. He didn't, we didn't have any resources for 
for our OEM teams. They had no makeshift hospitals. They had no tents. They had no, they didn't even have ventilators. They had nothing. They had nothing in their response in a, in, in the, in a state that is ripe to be the next terrorist attack in this country because we are the number one terrorist target in the world, New York City, and you are completely, because in, in, in the same way we should be prepared for a terrorist attack or a natural disaster is the same way we should be prepared for a pandemic. But that does not mean that you're going to trample on everybody's rights. It just doesn't. Doesn't give you that right. Doesn't give you the right to shut my free speech down. Doesn't give you the right to lock me in the house to tell me that I can't go to church and to take my guns. It has nothing to do with that. That is not for you to decide. You are an elected official, and that is all you are. I think ultimately that's the focal point of this conversation. And it's so important that we strike by the iron's hot to talk about this case with Trump here. I mean, I'm sure obviously it's going to be all over the national network, and everyone's going to have their perspective on this. And we're going to hear from Fox News, we're going to hear from the right, we're going to hear from CNN, we're going to hear from the left. But ultimately, we should be hearing the truth. And the truth is, whether you agree with him or not, this is, this is an attack on the entire country. To actually weaponize political office in pursuit of a case like this. Just, it just, it's, everyone should be scared right now. Like you said, shouldn't be scared to stand, but you should be scared to say to yourself, wow, if I'm an outspoken person, just like we are. John, you and I are outspoken. We're speaking the truth about policies, policing in the modern era, the effects of the NYPD, internal pressures of it, uh, the pitfalls of it. Yes, we do talk about things that are good, but we'll talk about the pitfalls of it right now because we're here to support the cops from outside to help within. But easily, if the country wanted to attack us at any point, if they wanted to go through every record that you and I would e- ever had, they could. So everyone should be scared because they're trying to censor you. So if you are outspoken and you're speaking the truth you easily could find yourself a target by the u.s government and this is this this is just an abomination and this is not this country was not built on that this this is not the grassroots of america and what we're seeing right now particularly on on the second amendment i think is scary this ideology of removing the firearms from our our citizens of this country this country is built on gun culture if it wasn't for guns, we would never have the American Revolution, and we would still be under Br- British rule at this time. This country was built on guns. It's bedrock. It's our number one. It's our number one tool that's utilized as public safety, American safety. It's symbolic of what it is to be a, an American. We watch these old westerns, these old western movies, these spaghetti westerns. The bedrock of it is the is the firearm. It's the American that's behind the firearm. The camaraderie of Americans getting together and standing up for moral principle. And I'm not saying we're going to get to that point of a revolution with people running in the streets, shooting each other, God forbid. But I do believe we are headed for some type of revolution here, whether it's cyber, uh, whether it's through social media. It's, it's an outlet through our politicians. But something has to change. The tails, the, the, the scales have to tip. This is just it, it's going too far left. It's. It's just scary every day. Every day you wake up and you look at current events and you read the paper and you ask yourself, what's next? What crazy indictment will, will there be? What crazy charge? What legislation is there going to be to attack our police? What other information does the public want about our police to show transparency? I mean, how much more do they want for transparency? Right now, a police officer goes to work. The police officer, man or woman, dons a body camera. A uniform. You're identified by your uniform. On that uniform has your name, has your badge number, 
has a body camera. If you're working for the NYPD, it says NYPD is sitting here by patches. It says NYPD on your back. If you're wearing a jacket or a shirt, it says it on the front. It says it on your patrol car. There's cameras. There's cell phones. How much more oversight do we want to inhibit our people from being Americans? This is a, this is a pinnacle moment in history, and we, we have to take a stand. Yeah, well, I, listen. I'm not saying don't have fear. I mean, fear is healthy. I agree with you there. But what I'm saying is don't be afraid, right? Because this is the desired effect of this. You know, and I, and I said it before, there was a time during the vaccine mandate where I really thought that I was all alone. I was like, wow, no one's around. <laughs> wow, I'm the only fucking person. This is crazy. Am I nuts? Am I crazy? Is there something wrong with me that I'm that I, that all of this is just seems differently? And everyone's perspective of that mandate changed on me rapidly. It went from. It went from I'm not taking that to, hey, could you do me a favor and put a mask on? You know, and I'm like, whoa, what happened to you two days ago? You know, what happened to the whole last year when we were out in the street working without masks? Like, why do we need them now? That that everything's over and no one's really getting this anymore. No one's really getting sick anymore. Oh, by the way, nobody's dying because we opened up our hospitals and we started sending people from nursing homes to the hospital and all the outpatient facilities opened up. But that's another story. And. You know, and that was the desired effect was to make the desired effect of all the propaganda was to to make you feel like you're by yourself. And the desired effect here, I believe, is exactly what you're saying is to shut people up. And it's in times like these where you need to get louder. It's in times like these. And that's how we win. That's how we push back at everything is we don't buy into it, right? We don't, you know, and that's why I'm a big proponent of faith of whatever you believe in, because you do not put your fate in the hands of man. You put it in the fate of someone else, something greater than that's not even on this earth. And that's a big reason I believe governments are moving away from faith-based people and starting to try to demonize them as extremists and, uh, you know, and wackos and all this stuff. And I, I just... Again, I'm going to say, like, you have to, have to push back. My friend called me the other day. We were speaking. We were talking. He goes, oh, you see, the vaccine for the mandate, the vaccine mandate for the kids, it never came out like you thought. Everything, blah, blah, blah. Everything's good here. I was like, wait, wait, wait. Hold up. I said, the only reason that that didn't happen in New York City was because of people like me. I said, because if it was left up to people like you, it would already be mandated. All your kids would have shots. Everybody would be <laughs> I was like, so let's not pretend like this just went away and this was not the goal to keep pushing. And it's the same thing here. They're pushing. Now is the time to get together and speak out about this and let your elected officials know this is not acceptable. We will vote you out. We want you out. This is not okay. This is political persecution. This is not American. This cannot happen. And that's what I'm saying. So what I'm saying is, yes, have fear. I have fear about everything. I have fear about sending my kids to school, unfortunately. I have fears about my wife going to work. I have fears about me going to work. I have fears about not getting to see my kids to where they're able to take care of themselves. But I'm not going to not live my life and not be afraid and not say the things that need to be said. And that's why we're doing this. So that's my whole point is people, if you're going to be silent and quiet, that's exactly what they want. Expect more of this. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I like to analyze people, behavioral indicators. And that's why, you know, like the art of war is to 
understand your opposition. And I think opposition beats opportunity. I'd love at some point if Alvin Bragg, if Alvin Bragg, you're, you're listening to this, if you, had, you, if you have the time, please come on this podcast. We'd love to interview because I would love to hear from Alvin Bragg. How does someone like him, obviously he's an intelligent person, right? He's went to, he's went to college. He's went to law, law school. He's very well educated. So how does someone that's extremely educated, because I do believe even if Alvin Bragg heard the ideology of himself, he might even want to sit there and question, say, wait a minute. How, and that's what I'm curious is to examine the human mind. Like, how does someone like Alvin Bragg from the time of birth to the point he's at in his life come to this ideology that what he's doing is correct, is the best interest of the country? How did this person grow into this over time of just being a New Yorker and just seeing the streets of New York City and, and the melting pot and what goes on and, and, and what's important to the residents of New York City about public safety? How does someone – go through a, a complete education and get to this point that that we don't want to pursue violent criminals, that we want to coddle them, coddle the violent criminals. And we want to put victims at risk of becoming re-victimized. And then we want to persecute someone because of their politics. Isn't that the bedrock foundation of this country is that free speech gives us the opportunity to be expressive to be different, to disagree, agree to disagree, to have perspective, to understand that there's people that think differently than you. Than you, We don't have to respect everyone, but we have to show everyone respect. How does Alvin Bragg dial back? How does, it, how does someone like that sit down and look back at his life and say, this is the point of my life, that, I, that what I'm doing is correct, that all the education I've had, the votes, I'm, so, I'm supporting the people. How does he sit there and lay down and say, this is supporting the people of New York City? Because it just doesn't correlate. It just doesn't make any sense to me. How, what do you think? Like, how does someone get to this point in their lives that this is what they believe is right? You know, again, I'm, I'm going to say, you know, politics over people. That's just what it comes down to. Politics over people. And politics over everything. Politics over your religious beliefs, over your morals, over your community, over the way you were raised, over the things your parents taught you, over the things that you know even are right. Politics over people. You know, I put out a post the other day and I said, I said something to Mr. Uh, I said to Mayor Adams, someone was writing about, you know, the thousands and thousands of people that their careers were altered. Um, generational wealth was lost over the mandate. And I said, you know, I, you could end it. You could end this all right now. And I said, the thing that bothers me the most, the thing that bothers me the most about Eric Adams is, is that we grew up very similar. We both grew up poor in Brooklyn, right? We both came from little means, we both became police officers, um, you know, and people like, Oh, don't compare yourself to him. I'm like, he's, the out of almost everyone that I interact with all day long, he's the closest to me out of everybody. Yet ideologically and politically, we're opposite ends of the spectrum, right? And and I I don't I don't uh, to me it's drunk with power. I I don't believe I I think Alvin Bragg's a very smart man, and I think that he knows exactly what he's doing, and he's putting politics and money and power. And being in, you know, 
over everything right now. It's like, I'll, I'll correlate that to the guy that's in the police department and he's closest to the, to the police commissioner, right? He's the closest to the police commission. He's in the police department and the police commission is up there and he gets up there and he starts treating everybody like an asshole, right? Fuck you. I'm, I'm, I'm first grade detective. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. You're going to do this. But this world is like Game of Thrones, just like the police department. If you're going to not stick to your morals, it's going to come back and bite you in the ass. Because guess what? That police commission is going to be gone. You're going to get a new guy in there. And somebody that you fucked is going to be like, yeah, you know all the shit that this guy did? You know what he did? And that's what's going to happen here, too. And I'll put my money on it. This is the end. I'm telling you, this is Alvin Bragg's undoing. This is the end of his political career. He is right now. Joe Biden's the president. Everything's lottie, dottie, dottie, dottie. Um, there, there's a, a misappropriation of his whole office. I mean, you could correlate cases that he did not pursue and that person went out and killed somebody. I mean, if we want to talk about things that happen and people that deserve to go to jail, I said it before this indictment even came down. These people need to go to jail. And I'm not kidding. There are there are, are big crimes that are happening right now by not upholding your oath and not pursuing prosecution when it's warranted, when we have the evidence, because you're sitting there and citing staffing issues, but you're going after an old guy for a ledger, a ledger, because he wrote something in a ledger and you're going to talk about public safety. That's public safety. That's a misappropriation of that office. Oh, absolutely. The other problem I see is this is not even just a New York City problematic issue. This is now infectious and can spread through the entire country because we have other progressive district attorneys throughout the country, just like Alvin Bragg. And they might even be more progressive than Alvin Bragg. They just don't have the focal point. They don't have the cameras on them as much as they do as Alvin Bragg. Because Alvin Bragg is probably the district attorney of the most busiest office in the entire country. At least it's the center of the universe. We have Times Square there and it's most populated city in the entire country and all eyes throughout the entire world are around this politically charged incident right now. And here we are, we're totally sidebarred. I mean, we're facing a, we're facing a huge problem on a global level at this point when it comes to monetary value, the U S currency right now is, is at a point in history where we, we may be saying, we may be seeing the American economy, God forbid, take a tank. I never thought I would actually say that in my lifetime, but, if we see the countries throughout the world right now are starting to uh, implement the idea of using China currency and not using the American dollar, that, that could that could hurt our government extremely. I mean, we're at, we're at a point right now where we're really taking a tank, especially in this pursuit of of no oil used in this ideology of using electric cars and no gas stoves and things like that. We're already removing ourselves from barring business throughout the throughout the world. And now we're at a point where we're facing when it comes to currency. And if anyone is the man for the job when it comes to making sure that the American dollar is is strong, that's, that's why it, it seems like everything's about timing. I mean, here, if they strip Donald, Donald Trump and try to curb him in his, his reelection, it's, it's just weakening the American society and it's weakening the American dollar. Again, I want to say that if there's anyone that could actually capitalize on the American dollar and bring us back to where we need to be monetarily, it would be Donald Trump. Absolutely. And I mean, just, this is, this is a, a pinnacle moment. That's why I say when it comes to Alvin Bragg, who's pulling the strings 
and it's obviously it's he's he at this point has become armed and weaponized for the uh, Democratic Party. It, it's just scary. Yeah, and um, one thing you pointed out, I just wanna I wanna bring up before before we go is uh, our response to the indictment, right? I want to play a clip that you pointed out, and then, and then we'll talk about it. All right. We wanted him to surrender today. That would have been, though, a really tight turnaround considering all the security that they would need to get in place. They wanted to tamp down the circus-like atmosphere that is sure to follow. So they wanted, instead of waiting till Tuesday over the weekend, time for people to gather and so forth, they wanted him to turn himself in so that this can be over and done with, at least the appearance. So much for that. <laughs> oh, first of all, I can't stomach Don Lemon. I can't stomach his his snooty attitude. But do we not see the irony in his statement, in his brief statement? Do we not see the irony? What does this correlate to you, John? We just spoke to him about it. Let's tell the public where the correlation is on this. Where's the irony? Because this is a complete paradox. The Memphis incident, Tyree Nichols' death. I mean, we watched them parade around for five days. The video's coming. The video's coming. It's going to be the worst thing you ever seen. The Chiefs going on a tour. They're building it all up, giving people time to travel, giving people time to, to gather. You know, and, 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 this is, and now he's saying, let's get this over and done with. Hurry up. Let's get in here quick. Um, I do, and for any of you Trump supporters out there, I'll tell you right now. New York City has a huge Antifa presence. They are the master of psyops. I don't know what these people, what their end goal is, but they're, they play themselves to be immigrants. They play themselves to be Trump supporters. They play themselves to be Black Lives Matter supporters. Uh, and all they're there for is to cause ruckus and mayhem. And up and, and, and I, I don't know what their goal is, but all I'm saying is if you're going to go out and protest – do it peacefully and civilly. And if you see any of these morons acting up, leave. Get away from them. If the police tell you to leave, you leave. It's just it's just amazing how the media, the politicians, our legislative leaders, and our weak management throughout the country in these democratic cities when it comes to policing use inflammatory statements, inflammatory words. The uh, this coming attraction type event of this of this tragic death that happened in Memphis, how they have they utilized it to create this hostile environment that could have led to riots and violence. Fortunately, we did not get to that point. I'm sure there's there's many reasons why, and we could we could go down that rabbit hole. But in comparison, now Don Lemon has become the voice of reason that. We want to create calm. We want to quell any type of potential violence. We want this to be released and get this over and done as soon as possible. That's funny because when it comes to policing and protesting and rioting anti-police with this anti-police rhetoric movement, then it's necessary to give this buildup five days worth of holding back video and have an inflammatory statement out by the chief uh, of Memphis in regards to that incident. And release it on a Friday night so that people do have the opportunity to gather. Again, it's what we always say. It's the same game, but every game has different rules. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they don't even care. They do it right in your face. I just tweeted something out about News 12. 
literally, it's an anti-Eric Adams protest. It has nothing to do with Donald Trump. They're holding signs about like rent stabilization or something. I don't even know what they're holding <laughs> signs about. And News 12 Brooklyn's like Trump supporters already gathering in the in, in after the announcement of the indictment. And I'm like, that's not it's 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 Antifa. It's that kid Relly Rel who was uh who was uh threatening cops for the uh forget i forget the incident but he was threatening cops he was saying i forget what he was saying and then he gets shot not too long later and he's crying um <laughs> oh i know what, what he did during uh rivera and and uh and mora's death when they were murdered the at the, before their funeral he said on social media he put a post out there that he was going to drive through the crowd that was him so he was there he's not a trump supporter like so oh, I remember that. Yeah, wow. He's on the news. He's there with Antifa, with the uh, Talia Jane's people and all of them, and they're marching about something and they're chanting about Eric Adams. They're chanting about Eric Adams, and they say that they're Trump supporters. And it's it's, I mean, they don't even they they honestly like the news media thinks that you're stupid. That's basically what it is. They, they they're not even hired. These people aren't pretending to be Trump supporters. They're not wearing MAGA gear. They're not doing anything. They're completely protesting a different thing. But News Twelve is sitting there telling you those are Trump supporters, and they're acting up and they're marching through the streets. And by the way, it was about six of them. It wasn't even a large crowd. It was a joke, absolute joke. But the news media thinks we're stupid. They think that what you what they say for one incident, you're not going to correlate it to the next incident. And you could see right there. Two different things, right? Two different, same incident. We want to keep, we want to keep the public safe. We want to keep tensions down, right? But two different responses. No, this one, let it build up. This one, we, we want it done right away. You know? Yeah. Again, this goes back to, that's why at this point in our lives, you know, I, let me even circle back and just tell you, when I was a kid growing up, I, I really was on the impression that if something comes out in the news, it's real. It's legit. I remember you have conversations, you know, as kids say, oh, no, that's not true. No, it was in the paper. It was in the paper. It's on the news. If it was in the paper, it was on the news, we believed it to be true. But at this point, there's no integrity anymore with journalists. There's no, there's no true news anymore. It's what you believe. It's almost like the news has become a religion. You know, I'm Jewish, so I believe, you know, in Judaism. Or someone's Catholic. You believe in being Catholic. And you go to your house of worship. Well, now it's what news you believe. You know what? I believe the right has to say, so I'm going to watch News Fox. Or if I'm an extreme leftist and I'm progressive, I'm going to watch Young Turks. Or you know what? I'm going to watch CNN. So there's no more real news anymore. It's what you believe in. Again, I say news has become religion. It's what you want to believe. It's your own truth. It's interpretation. Someone might even say that about us. They can say, hey, well, listen, if if you want to hear – you know, about what these guys consider true police work, listen to John and Eric. Someone else might give a completely different spin on what we say. Listen, I'm going to be biased and say that what we say, I believe, is, is true. I mean, our boots were on the ground. This is what we experienced. We're very knowledgeable when it comes to policing. But someone else can completely give a different perspective. We just gave our perspective on body-worn cameras. And that is, I, I believe, it's completely subjective, open to interpretation. Someone else can give a completely ideology, 180 difference, of our explanation of body-worn cameras. And they could also give a 180 description of of the Trump indictment. Some people might actually say that the indictment of Trump is inhibiting his ability to become president 
which actually helps public safety throughout the country. I could easily hear someone saying that. You and I think completely different. I think this is a miscarriage of justice. I don't think this has any bearing on public safety, especially in New York City, the rise of violence. We're talking about violent incidents. This has no bearing on it. I mean, I, I, I just think this is just a big circus show. People like it. It's sexy. Uh, this is a business transaction that was with a porn star. I mean, if, if it wasn't a, a porn star, would this business transaction be as sexy? Because this is, I mean, this is how, is this how low we've become that, that this is what excites Americans to hear that uh, one of our presidents was indicted for a potential business transaction with, with someone who was, who was a porn star. That, is that what it is? is that is, it's just a sexy story. This is crazy. It's America, baby. They, America loves dumb people. I mean, look at the look at the cash me outside girl. She's a millionaire. She said, "Cash me outside." Like, <laughs> girl's the great. <laughs> Not one of them has talent in anything. They can't dance. Ah. They can't sing. They, Kim Kardashian had a sex tape with a rapper. And yet they're the most famous people in all of America right now. I mean, America loves dumb people. They love stupid shit. I mean, this is a huge distraction, huge, huge distraction. And that's why I'm saying continue to speak out and don't be afraid of, you know? Yeah. You live with fear, but don't be afraid of it. I'm not saying go out and be an idiot and go run in the street and be like, Donald Trump and put moose antlers on your head and paint your face (laughs) and try to storm city hall. No, but call it what it is. It's bullshit. Alvin Bragg is a loser. He's doing this politically. He's dropped. He's not doing his job on one end and he's impeding public safety and he's wasting his resources going after Donald Trump for placing a payment in the wrong column. I mean, it's, it, it, it really, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And to all you people that keep sending me messages, no one's above the law. Well, apparently some people in New York City are above the law because they're out shooting at people, carrying illegal firearms, and they don't get prosecuted. Maybe Donald Trump's not above the law, but all those people that Alvin Bragg released, they were above the law. Well, I'd like to say this. Uh, Bernie Carrick, Bernard Carrick, if you're out there listening, uh, I'd like to eventually get you on the show and I'd love to hear your take and knowledge of these potential felonies that everyday Americans can be brought upon if they become target, targeted by the American government for some type of politically charged event or incident. So, uh, again, Bernie Carrick, thank you very much. I read your book uh, called The Lost Son. I, I read about 20 years, ago, 20 years ago. Great book. If you have an opportunity, please come on the show and you can definitely solidify what we're talking about when it comes to being an everyday American potentially committing felonies that we're not even aware of. John, any thoughts on that? I know there was a book out and I didn't, I never read it, but I believe it was like seven felonies a day, something like that. Every American commits seven felonies a day because the laws are just so thick. You know, I think everything you do in your car is a traffic infraction. You have a a air freshener, traffic infraction. You drive with one hand like I do sitting back, traffic infraction, you know, um, radio too loud, traffic infraction. You know, there are so many crimes written down. I mean, I I think like there's just some towns that have like ridiculous things like you can't, I don't know. You can't drive on the right side of the road on Sunday or whatever. And like Eric said, adultery still on the books and uh you know all the all of these crazy laws that like we don't we don't prosecute anyone for we don't arrest anyone for but that's what we're going after donald trump for again 
this office has never went after anyone in the history of the Manhattan DA's office has never went after anyone for what they're going after Donald Trump for. So right then and there, it's political. I do believe he's going to get off. I believe this is going to be Alvin Bragg's undoing. Um, he might even be getting set up by the Democratic Party because why didn't the state uh, attorney, general attorney Letitia James go after him? This is a federal. This is a federal issue, not a New York City issue. I mean, I think he wants to get himself on the big stage, and I really think this is the end of his political career. I don't think anyone's ever going to vote for him again. John, I, I hope you're right. I hope this is his undoing because if it's not his undoing, I believe this could be infectious and cancerous throughout the entire country. You know what, what's interesting? So for years, I always heard throughout the police department, you worked in Staten Island. My first five years, I worked in Staten Island, the one to a precinct. I always heard, hey, oh, oh, that's great. You got to work in Staten Island. The district attorney's on your side. District attorney's pro-cop. Definitely, they're going to prosecute cases that are presented by cops much more favorably than they would in other boroughs. But I think that's really taken a turn. And I tell you, it really highlights. I saw this article today. It was in the Staten Island newspaper. It was about a raid in Staten Island into a smoke shop where they seized marijuana. Obviously, there were some drugs in here, but mostly the, the, this case, this raid, was about how they seized unlicensed, unlicensed uh, a smoke shop and the marijuana that they seized. But again, I just think that this is, this is where our resources are going, a misuse of each attorney's office in each borough throughout the five boroughs of New York City. This is totally misappropriation. I think all the DAs have become extremely progressive. I mean, marijuana is legal at this point, but yet we're going to take an emphasis on unlicensed shops. I mean, I just think this is ridiculous. Yet we've got an increase of crime. The shootings are all over the place. It's, it's an abomination. And this is the stuff that we're focusing on. Yeah, New York City's lost, man. Like you said, New York City is the, the NYPD is 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 a mirror of New York City. I mean, like you said, the band's playing, baby. The that's sure playing the piano. Everybody, all all the elite are in the lifeboats. We're all left stranded here going under, you know, with no life jackets into the freezing cold. That's that that's what's happening here. I mean, we're being ran by idiots. You know what I mean? I the whole marijuana legislation thing, you could go back to my tweets before while they were talking about it. And I said it would fail right on its face. I'm like, you can't sell a product. You can't regulate a product that's legal. You can't regulate it. If you let it go on the street, there's no way you could regulate it inside. It's the stupidest thing. And then they're sitting there complaining that they don't have the laws to go after the stores. So you have no problem with, with illegal drug dealers on the streets. You have a problem with someone who owns a business and does it. Gotcha. Got it. Got it. And see, I see the mind frame, you know, and, and the same thing with... Like I said earlier, it's 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 if you look at Marxism and you look throughout history, I mean, like I said, they open the jails. They open the jails. The criminals are just victims of society. The bad people are the people that think differently from them. And those are the people that need to be locked away or even worse. And this is what we're seeing here. It's a Marxist ideology needs to stop. It needs to go away. The only way it's going to go away is if Americans say, no, I'm not going to put up with this. This is, I am not okay with this. You will not receive my vote. You will not receive any of my money. I will leave the city. I will leave the state. I will leave this country if need be. That's the only way that things will, will change. 
is by people vocalizing and being being citizens and interacting and stop shirking your responsibility. Oh, I got a pension. Oh, I got two years left. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do that. It's, it's pathetic. This is why we're in the state that we're in because our generation is filled with weak men. That is why we're here. It's because they're so afraid. I'll lose my 2%. I only have 34 years on the police department. I needed to get to 37. And then I'll, I'll lose the 2% that I was supposed to have. Pathetic. Pathetic. I'm going to say something. And it's probably going to make some people uncomfortable. They might be insulted by it. But it's true. There's no racist, there's no racist bone in my body at all. But this diverse push that we have right now, it's just completely not organic. It's an attack on the white male in this country. The white male is being neutered and completely attacked. Everyone in this country counts. I, yes, it's a melting pot. We all have to live together. I believe that. But right now, it, it's complete attack on white males. I see these recruitment posters coming out of agencies throughout the police, uh, throughout the police departments throughout this country. And every recruitment poster I see is about this diversity push. It's a male black, a female black male Hispanic, female Hispanic. And if there is, sometimes if there is a female, it's a white female. But we very rarely see recruitment poses right now where there's a black male and a white male. And it should be both. We should be catering to all walks of life. But this diversity push, I don't even know what's diverse anymore. Now it's just we're working so hard to virtual signal throughout the country that, that that's what this is all become about and, and I think that's sad. I think Alvin Bragg is virtual signaling to the entire country that he stands with the leftist party and he's going to be part of the movement to take down and tear down Donald Trump so that he's not reelected and this country is not moving in the right in the right position in the next in the next term. I think that the police department is virtual signaling. Hey, you know what? We're going to discipline our office at a, officers at a high rate. There's going to be so much of oversight in there. They're virtual signaling to the Civilian Complaint Review Board. They're virtual signaling to city council. Hey, we're part of this fight. We're, we're helping you. The virtual signaling we see in, in restaurants throughout the country when it's Gay Pride Month and they, have, and they have rainbows on the stores. And that's great. We should support. But why, why don't you have those flags the entire year? Because it's just virtual signaling for that month. And we're losing this diversity throughout the entire country. Right now, we have an attack on, on white males. If you're a white alpha male or white alpha, uh, uh, let's, let's forget about white alpha, alpha female. If you're a white alpha male and you apply for a police department right now in this country in a democratic city, it's going to be very tough for you to get that job. Most likely, you will not get that job. You're going to have to seek out law enforcement agencies in states that are more conservative, like Florida, parts of Texas. But to actually, if you're a white male, to get a, uh, employment with a Democratic police department throughout the city, you, you have a mark against you. And you're most likely not getting that job. It, it, it's sad what we see, honestly, I feel throughout this country, is this virtual signaling. Everyone wants to raise their hand and say, look, hey, look, you know, we're, we're part of the movement. You know, We're not anti-gay. We're not anti-black. We're not anti-this. We're helping out. We shouldn't have to broadcast everything that we agree with to try to help people. This virtual signaling, it's, it's manufactured. It's not real. If you support the gay pride movement, then you should have a flag on your restaurant 
12 months out of the year. But yet it's only on your it's only at your restaurant for gay pride month because it's just virtual signaling. Again, John, I, John listen, I, I appreciate this. I think it's important that we talk about Trump because I think that this actual indictment is it, it's not just a, a it, it's not a, a a solitude incident. I think this affects the entire country in so many different facets. It affects the New York City Police Department on a local level. It's, it affects the entire country. I mean, we're seeing it right now. We have an attack on the Capitol yesterday in Tennessee in regards to the Second Amendment. Why are we not having an attack on mental health? That's the main issue, not guns. Mental illness is a huge problem when it comes to these these mass shootings, particularly at our schools. John, you and I talk about this a lot online, I and mean, we all have kids. We're all affected by this. What's our next move for mass shootings? There's mass shootings every weekend in black neighborhoods. New York City, Chicago, Miami, uh, Seattle, L.A. Mass shootings every weekend. Nobody gives a fuck about it. Nobody, you know, we know how to keep it down, right? We put intrusive police, police, uh, police staff, staff into those neighborhoods and we'll stop. The, we'll, we will get the legal firearms off the streets. We'll deter kids from gangs. We'll deter kids from committing violence. We know exactly how to stop that. And we're not doing it. This, everything that you're talking about is division. We're being divided, divided again. It's a Marxist. It's a Marx. It's all part of the Marxist plan. Diversity, equity, inclusion, or I like to refer to it as die D I E is a is part of the marxist agenda it it is meant to divide watch hotel rwanda everybody is dark dark skinned black and they kill each other because one's hutu and one is sutu that is what happens under identity politics and that is what's happening and we're allowing it to happen today it's the white male tomorrow it could be the white female the next day it could be the hispanic male I mean, it's none of us should buy into this. True diversity is diversity of thought. And the, the minority is the individual. The ultimate minority in this in this world is the individual. You know, I grew up in mainly Italian neighborhoods. One of my best friends, Jamik, he was black. You would never know he was black if you talked to him on the phone. If you judged him by the way he dressed, the music he listened to, the cologne he wore. He was an Italian kid. He just had black skin. And so and so we had Muslim kids that hung out with us. Same thing. They had the, the velour Sean John shirt on with an old chain. <laughs> went listening to freestyle with a ton of cologne on, with white, with fresh white sneakers on. I mean, and and you could go through, you could go through it. The Jewish kid, the Irish kid, they was they, we didn't, we all thought alike. We all liked the same things. There's not too much diversity in there just because we're different colors and different religions and we look different. That's not diversity. True diversity is diversity of thought, diversity of being an individual. Um, and, you know, if, if you are a Trump supporter, I mean, it's not a bad thing to like Donald Trump. I see so many people back off of him. I mean, I have my own issues with him. Like I said, I said, I think that he gave he gave away the last two years. But you know what? Like I said, I, I think going forward, I think this is a travesty. He has my full support. I think it's absolutely wrong. And I'm getting on the Trump train, baby. Uh, Trump 2020, 2024, no more bullshit. Yeah, and you know what's sad is that whether you support Trump or you don't support Trump, what's sad is that there's an actual definition of what it is to be a Trump supporter in the dictionary. I'm, I'm sorry, in Wikipedia. If you look it up on the internet, if you Google – Crazy. If you Google Trump supporter, and actually – 
indicates what a Trump supporter is. It says someone who's a misogynist, someone that's homophobic, uh, someone that is uh, aggressive, ignorant. Did you pull it up? Hold on. Keep, keep going. I'm going to look. But it's all derogatory terms to refer to someone that's a Trump supporter. So we push this ideology that if you support Donald Trump, if you if you actually give him your vote and you support the politics, that you're an ignorant person. You're a misogynist. Did it come up? It's quite interesting. Look up Trump supporter. Mm. Nah, I'm getting. Did they take I'm it down? It, it, was, it was in there. If you Google Trump supporter. It had uh, an actual definition and characteristics and traits of a Trump supporter. But ultimately, it was, it was extremely negative and derogatory. I don't know. Maybe they're taking it down, but. Yeah, I mean, but that's what they try to paint you. I mean, I, I mean, how many people, how many of these politicians, when it comes election time, they're a Trump supporter, right? And then. And then it, it, into their term, they, you know, Trump says something or tweets something and it's uncomfortable. And they're like, I don't even know why I supported him. I mean, I watched Nicole Maliotakis do that about four times, like go back and forth and say, oh, I got it. You got it. What's it say? So it's it's Trumpism. Right? Trumpism. That's it. Yeah is a term for political ideology, social emotions, style of governance, and it's a political movement and a set of mechanisms for acquiring and keeping control of power associated with Donald Trump and his base. Is the it precise com composition of Trumpism is contentious and is sufficiently complex to overwhelm any single framework of analysis. Okay, so we, we, can't, we can't really <laughs> define it but those are them. Okay. Um, it has been referred to as an American political variant of the far right and the national populist and the neo-nationalist sentiment seen in multiple nations worldwide from late 2010 to the early 2020s. Though not strictly, strictly eliminated to one party, Trump supporters become a significant faction of the Republican Party in the United States, with the remainder often characterized as the establishment in contrast. Some Republicans became members of the Never Trump movement, with several leaving the party in protest of Trump's ascendancy. Um, I mean, that's really it doesn't really it, it's just, not just really going to the characteristics or the traits of a, of a Trump supporter. I got to find it. I'll find it. It's huge, dude. They have they have like t tons of things, you know, social psychology, populist themes, polarization, social movements, foreign policy, economic. You know, there's just a ton of stuff here under it. But basically, they're trying to categorize you as a framework. You know what I mean? When really, you know, again, like I said, that's that in itself is the biggest bias there is. You're taking one one fact about someone and then your group identify them oh he likes trump you're all over here in that group get into that group it's like it, it's funny you say that right because the fair and impartial bias training that you receive in the police department is exactly that right it's to contradict what they're saying here right because the police department has this train for the public listening if any cops took it took this course or if you're taking it now i don't know if they give it up it's uh, impl implicit bias john you mentioned that all the time implicit bias training we're supposed to be fair and impartial and it talks about the susan boyle effect right susan boyle was this amazing singer that was on america's got talent 
but she's kind of frumpy looking. She just she didn't look the part. And they say that when you see someone, you box them in into what you believe they are. So now we box people in. If you actually vote for Donald Trump, you are a Trump supporter. So now we box you in. You're supposed to. We're supposed to. If we heard someone is a Trump supporter, and, and if we didn't know what they look like, we should assume that we're going to see a white male, right, who has shotguns, a big pickup truck, probably a Confederate flag, right, anti-feminist, you know, a you know a total a total boob, totally ignorant. That's what that's the description they're trying to label out. And that's completely biased. That goes against everything with this bias training, which I thought was the most ridiculous training. Did, did you like that thing? I thought that was silly. We could do a whole show on that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we, we will. I think this, that might that be that. But I'll sum it up with implicit bias training for me was we're gonna teach you to not be racist by discriminating and being racist against you. Good point. That's what- that's what that's what I'll take it as. We're gonna box you in. We're gonna group identify you. Don't worry. Don't have a group identify anyone, but we're gonna group identify you. You're male white. We're gonna tell you what's wrong with you. You know. But listen, I I, I gotta hit the road though, dude. You want to wrap it up? Yeah, let's do it. Listen, thank you, bro. Thank you for taking the journey with me. It's a sad point in our lives that we're actually seeing one of our U.S. presidents being arrested, being indicted for for crimes that we're not even aware of. Something that was totally dug up. I, I think this. We, every one of us should be fearful and be, maybe not even fearful, mindful of what's going on right now because anyone could easily be the target of overzealous politicians in our government that are leaning, completely have leaned to the left and are forcing this country into this Marxism ideology. I think we become so progressive that we're actually regressive. It's so progressive that we're going back to this ideology. It just doesn't seem to even make sense. And I hope this does unravel. John, I hope that you're right. I hope this is is undoing because if it's not, I think this is going to spread through the entire country. And again, we'll start to see politicians having, you know, maybe they'll start fighting it out and have these arguments by utilizing district attorneys throughout the country and, and weaponizing political offices against one another. Who knows what kind of money could go involved and the doors that it could ultimately open for corruption. So again, thank you, brother. John, I'll let you close it out if you don't mind. And I, I just want to say thank you. I know you got things to do, everybody. Thanks for taking the time watching us. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. And just, you know, like, like what I said earlier, I, I, I don't say be scared of this. I say awaken over this and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to donate to the political candidates. Don't be afraid to vote for someone. Don't be afraid to, to speak your truth, whatever that is. You know, and if you are, and if you are, Take your American flag tattoo, get a razor, scrape it off. Take the death before this on a tattoo, scrape it off. Scrape <laughs> it off your arm because you're full of shit. Because, you know, th- this is the time. I mean, we gotta, we have to ensure freedom for our children. And right now, there's no war. There's nothing going on. There's, it's, it, everyone calls this a fifth generation war, right? We're out here and we're saying our truth and we're speaking it and we're putting it out in the media. And that's what we all need to do in society and stop all the bullshit. Oh, this guy supports Trump. Oh, this guy uh, supports Biden. You could, I, listen, I think you're an idiot if you voted for Joe Biden. I'm not going to lie, but I don't hate <laughs> you. I don't hate you. I don't want you to go to jail. I just think you're stupid. But like we could talk about it, you know. I, you know, I, you know, same thing with all these cops that love Eric Adams. I think you're stupid, but we could talk about it, and I'm sure you think I'm stupid. So I mean, let let's get back to let's really get back to how this nation was founded. Let's get back 
to treating each other as individuals. This is wrong. This, if this was anybody else but Donald Trump, everybody would be up in arms. And I said it to Eric offline. I'm going to end it to close. If this was Joe Biden and they were doing the same thing to him, I'd be saying the same exact thing. This is a bunch of bullshit. It's wrong. Nobody should stand for it. Guys, thank you for tuning in. New York's finest. Retired and unfiltered podcast, baby. We'll be back at you.